when for oh we're starting it now jordan yeah why not it's good banter <laughs> we'll figure it out just... later hi everybody welcome <laughs> i love the podcast jordan, the now cold, the cold intro <sighs> hello everyone we have a uh, special guest with us introduce yourself special guest i saw it dude <laughs> Max and I were just uh, reliving the 2022 draft when it got to him in 21. the second round, and he had the chance to either take Pat Fryermuth or Jalen Waddle. And I was agreeing with it. It was a funny moment because I was gonna—I needed a tight end, and I was going to take Fryermuth if you yeah, didn't take him. I knew he was going to get back. I knew I wasn't going to have a chance to take him if I didn't take him right there because you were going to take one of Muth or Waddle, whoever yeah. I didn't take, and I was like. It was looking bad for, I mean, it was looking good, like for the tight end position for a move for a little bit. I still think I'm so optimistic with him. I don't know if he'll be top, top end, but I think he'll be solid. But like Waddle was taken off immediately. I was like, oh man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's cooled off a little bit, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's that unbalanced. I, I feel like at least from Waddle's perspective, his, he has a lot of injury concerns and, Mm-hmm. Half the time, I feel like with injury, his injury concerns is Tua just throwing it in spots that is just going to get waddled, banged up immediately. And yeah, but it, it's it's unfortunate. He's got that talent. seems like that seems like the theme of that whole offense, though. Like if they're firing with like full health, like mm-hmm. they're all ridiculous. But like I mean, Tua has his list of injury concerns. Waddles in and out. Uh, a Chan has been mm. the same thing this year. Um, Mostert's been that way through his career. Hill this is Mostert's even... healthiest year. <laughs> yeah, dude, and he's been. He's been... We rep for our Purdue guys, and I've just been like, <laughs> I was. I'm at the point now. Is like Mostert's next in the playoffs. He's gonna miss time just because like everyone else has gotten yeah. banged up. Everyone's like, everyone's been banking on it. It's like it's just when is it gonna happen? But he just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. <laughs> Two things. One, I want to go back to what you said about Tua throwing to areas where he's going to get the receiver killed. They love to throw to a spot. They love the anticipated throw in Miami, which works great when it works, except for mm-hmm. when the defense knows where the spot is. That's a great way to have your receiver killed. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have a good uh, buddy in my office that's a Dolphins fan, and we've been talking Dolphins almost every single week, and this is like the number one thing he just like harps on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I you couldn't put it better than how George just put it because it's it's it is really good when it works. That's all I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and but like that's the thing too. Like it, Tua is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league the past couple of years. And doing that though, like isn't his accuracy numbers like off the charts? Like comparatively, that's a good I, question. I, I thought that was like the big um the big thing with him is just like. Is, I mean, the arm, like the arm strength, has always been like something he's been criticized for. Although I think it's fine, but like he can like put it pretty much anywhere you want it on the field. Yeah, I I did just look it up, and Tua, other than Jake Browning, has the best completion percentage in the league. Jake Browning. Think, yeah, I Jake Browning has a third of the completions. Yeah, different end size. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit sample size. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, that's a good point. His his completion ha- has been better, but I don't know if it's more of a product of the system or more of 
Tua, but Mike McDaniel has been running a, a great offense. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good win this weekend against the, the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, Aaron. But, yeah, that was they needed that so bad. They needed to beat a good team finally. Yeah. Shout out true. to Miami. True. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, boys. Should we jump into the uh fantasy rants we have lined up? Fantasy venting. I was gonna say, do do we want to jump them into the agenda? Jamie, do you have did you keep an agenda? Did you write it down? I didn't I didn't <laughs> keep a great agenda, but I would say other than the fantasy rants we have planned, um I'm going to also do an in-depth look at uh, Kyle's uh, how did we get here path. Uh-huh. We're definitely definitely going to look at the uh, Russell Wilson, Denver situation. Absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think uh, given that the Najoku trade just went in, I think we should uh, highlight that from Aaron and Shane's perspective. And then uh, predictions for the championship between Aaron and uh, Kyle. I also, uh, if we have time for it, uh, we could do our own fantasy or our own uh, NFL team rants in terms oh, of yeah. the Eagles and Steelers. Jamie, we'd be here for three fucking hours. Don't we, we could keep it short. We could keep yeah. short. I mean, you Jamie guys do your thing say- about the Steelers, but I would be here for three hours just talking about the Eagles. <laughs> so, Jordan, Jordan, real quick, is that a Pendleton wool dog bed in your background? It quite possibly could be. Daniela would know better than me. She's dog sitting. I will oh, say. Maybe to you to know the Pendleton, like, like, Oh yeah, <laughs> by recognizing it from like it's, the camera, it, it's the uh, the same kind of um, uh, brand. The color. Let scheme. me let me ask you this, Jamie: Is that expensive? Pendleton wool is very nice wool. Yeah. Pendleton yeah. Is, it, is, very... is it expensive? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say the answer to your question is probably yes. Just knowing okay. the owners of this dog, so yeah, I, that's that's one of it's... lineage I wish I uh, had. Jamie, the this is completely relevant material to everyone else listening. But um, the company that Fiona works for, um, the shop they own in downtown Lancaster, um, carries like a lot of a lot of like nice quality clothing and stuff. And they just started. I noticed like a month or two ago when I was in there, started carrying like Pendleton like jackets and clothing, mm-hmm. and man, it's gorgeous stuff. <laughs> like I want. I mean, they're like two hundred dollar jackets. But yeah. like I want to get one, and I don't need to, but like I want to. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, what goes in money if you don't spend it, Max? You know, I yeah. know, and yeah, it's man. some great stuff. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll shut up. You guys go ahead. Uh, so I'll I'll let Max go first. I'll I'll go I'll I'll go second and dive into Kyle. <sighs> I mean, mine's just gonna be short. I got I, I just. How, this game's fucking annoying, man. I hate fantasy. Let me just quit. <laughs> Put up the number one points in the league by yeah. a decent amount. It was like it was a decent amount for most of the year, but then I feel like the gap kind of closed. I think Aaron caught up pretty decently. Like honestly, like I think there was a point later on in the year where like the top four of us were like pretty neck and neck with points for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean getting that that like fake title pretty much by the end of the regular season and then ending up at four seed and then just absolutely shit in the bed first round yeah. like I did last year and then going to this week and seeing them put up like I'm in the meaningless game actually this hurt me even more um 266 because now I just get a worse draft spot it's not like I'm getting I'm playing for third place no. I just moved back a spot and 
And if you would have won this week or if you would have um, been in that third seed uh, and being the uh, Eric who didn't have a very good first round, I mean, yeah, your I mean, team I think, put up some points this past week. Yeah, dude, I was watching that Niners game. I fell asleep towards the end of it, and it was just pain because, like, <laughs> Hamilton had two picks. Then Queen gets a pick. And, and Warner then... had 10 tackles, two pass deflections, 16 points. Oh, um. Yeah. <laughs> Like, man, and I was like, I was looking like coming into the the last week of the regular season, coming to playoffs. I'm like, I was like, I'm pretty sure my my seeding was locked at that point because I was looking like, is it more beneficial for me to lose this game or to win it? And it didn't end up mattering because I think we were just locked based on how To performed. Because like, if I would have been up to number three seed where To was, I would have beaten Eric, Mm -hmm. um, first round, and then I would have had. Aaron this week and I would have beaten him for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So it's so like I mean mine's gonna be short because and you're gonna be able to relate this, Jamie, because like teams you got guys that are in the window now to win and like I thought everything was there. I got Aaron last year when he put up like two ninety? Oh, yeah, he put almost like 300? almost three hundred points or something. Cam Akers and, four touchdowns or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the Cam Akers saga, good lord. Like he was up and down all yeah. year, like almost gonna get cut, and then he has a crazy run. Yeah. Um yeah, I got I caught him last year and then I caught Kyle going on. I couldn't take advantage like of Kyle playing Bijan and him getting point one points or something. Yeah, negative point one. Negative point one. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I I just couldn't buy a touchdown. Um, so yeah, that's 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 so tilt. It just goes to show like all the skill in this game is building your team and finagling stuff in regular season just to get to this point. And then once you're in the playoffs, man, like obviously you've done a lot of good things to like build a good team and everything, but like you need so much luck. Anything can happen, baby. Yeah. It's not to downplay anything anyone else is doing. Like everyone's here for a reason, but like it's crazy how many things you need to go right to make a run. My favorite example to point to is last year, not because I was involved, but literally Aaron and I were the five and six seed ended up both in the championship. You never know. It's crazy. I mean, um, you just got to get in, but like, especially when it's just very like for Kyle right now, it's awesome because like, He's just went from like he's got a very young team, and then also going from like 101 to this in the span of a year. Like, I know we're going to cover this later too. Like, he's got a team that can do it now and is going to continue to be around. So, like, when you come from the other angle, though, like, I mean, I still have some decent players that'll stay around for a little bit, but like, age wise, there's a difference, a pretty decent difference between our two squads. So, like, I need to keep capitalizing on this now and like pretty much locked into trying to contend again next year um but that should transition nicely into anything you guys say jamie because i know you're in a similar boat because dude i thought you were killing it this year i thought you were set yeah i it, it was tough in a way and uh to your point on just like the fantasy fickle thing it's mm-hmm. it you try to do so much in the regular season to get to a point where you can do well in the postseason. And I was just hoping that a top two pick would go my way. And I thought that how the matchups worked out, I thought T.O. in the second round would be a harder matchup than Kyle or you in the second round. I was dead wrong about you. And I'm <laughs> glad I was dead wrong about you, but not really because it didn't help me. Yeah. But 
Aaron, Aaron mentioned it. Shout out to Aaron in the chat that him losing that median battle on yeah. the last day of the regular season helped him. And you, you just don't know <laughs> with the matchups and I'll, I'm about to give all the credit in the world to Kyle. I made some rough sit starts defensively. Anzalone only got me five points. I was thinking about switching him out for McDuffie, the backup to Devondre Campbell for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> linebacker. Who got He's gotten double digits every single game that Campbell hasn't been able to make 10% uh, of Green Bay defensive snaps. That would have been an extra six points. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor and James Conner matchups, uh, kind of hurt me. I was debating on switching one of those as well. Would have gotten me probably five more extra points. Um, the tight end situation, Kittle wasn't too much, but uh, uh, really Amari Cooper going off for 46. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> was absolutely crazy. Like, and like, I think the week, the week before when I played Kyle, he had uh, Cooper was going off. I was like, shit. I was watching a game like he doesn't have yeah. him in, does he? He's like, no, yeah. he didn't. So I'm yeah. like, he had a good week the week before. He's like, 18, sh- yeah. Probably should put him in. And then, yeah, Flacco just went crazy. Who go figure, man. Like, it's it only makes sense. To, like, yeah, the, the few, the one of the few Steelers fans in this group, like, gets. Gets screwed by Joe Flacco in the playoffs playing for the Browns. He he was your downfall. Like, like I I lost by 26 points. There were I probably could have made it. Credit to Kyle. He got 230. He put up a big score. I couldn't really make it up. But if Amari Cooper has, I would say that 15 to 18 point range again, um it it was very doable. And so that's just a bummer from that. Yeah, it is just crazy. <clears throat> the range of outcomes just are truly all over the place when you look at this stuff. Because if you're to tell me that the guy going to the championship round has Jordan Love and Jake Browning as their starting mm-hmm. QBs in the Superflex <laughs> League, yeah, and they beat out what would have been Jalen Hurts and originally Justin Herbert, like, are are we do we need to start thinking about quarterback a little differently? But um no, I mean it's still super valuable. And like and the fact that with CMC having the year he's had for you and like that couldn't get you in a championship either, that's just brutal. So here's a uh here's a fun thing about Kyle and Amari Cooper. Jamie, what are what are we doing here? Oh, I I will I wanted to go into the deep dive, but Continue your thought. I, I don't know about you, Max, but I'm looking at a white bar across the screen right now. Yeah, Is that on that, purpose, Jamie? That's what I'm seeing right now, too. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I tried my best. I Is it this one, then? Okay, this is better. All right, before we, before we, whatever this is, Jesus Christ, Jamie. Oh, yeah. it, I'll, I'll, I'll make it a lot quicker than it is. Uh, I was, time. I was physically present with Kyle when he made the decision to start Amari Cooper mm. over wow. Garrett Wilson. Huge. And, I mean, that's, yeah. And he was torn up about that decision. And yeah. I'm not going to lie. He asked for my opinion, and I was like, listen, it's not my team. It's your team. You make the call. But if I were you, there's not a chance in hell I'm trusting anything to do with the Jets' offense. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> And, and I'm pretty sure up until I said that he was going to start Garrett Wilson. And then the next day he made a change. So. Yeah. yeah. Garrett Wilson still had a decent day too. Like, I mean, he had 15 targets, nine for 76. So like overall pretty decent game, but I mean, yeah, you're not going to beat 
the thousand yards and seven <laughs> touchdowns that yeah. Cooper put up. Yeah, the season that Amari Cooper had in one game. Yeah, for real. I feel like that's this. I'm I'm gonna look at his game log real quick, but like. This was I, like the quintessential Amari Cooper game. Like he has one of these every year, doesn't he? Yeah. Where like, he just absolutely explodes. Yeah. Th- this was this was prompt. He would have these games when he was in Oakland. I feel like he's never had uh, one when it was in Dallas to this degree. Like, but but this is in his realm, and he just like Joe Flacco put up beautiful balls where Amari Cooper was just jump catching them. And did it so well. I watched. Yeah. I rewatched every single catch and credit to <laughs> he just, Cooper. He just trying to hurt Dude, yourself watching some every of the, single catch. <laughs> some of the catches were wild, though. Like some of yeah. the catches were just like he just turned back the clock ten years. That sideline catch like, he had was just toe dra- tapped him was phenomenal. It's ridiculous that he's only twenty nine. <laughs> I feel like he's been. <laughs> He's just been around for so long. He he had to come in like when he was like super young. Mm-hmm. Twenty fifteen, junior yeah. year at Alabama. He didn't go senior year. I'm just I'm guessing. Probably hey, not. Probably didn't need just, to. Just yeah, one of those no. guys that's been around forever. All right, Jamie, let's get into this. I'm reading some of this great, now. I'm interested. Great transition to the deep dive of Kyle, and you'll love this. We start in 2020 draft pick. Kyle's excited. He's got the second pick in the seventh round. He takes Henry Ruggs the third. That was that was rough. Yeah, we all but know how that happened. We're, we're not. We don't need to go into any more about Henry Ruggs. But three hundred seven and four hundred seven, he takes Jordan Love and AJ Dillon. I mean, Jordan Love, twenty four points in the semifinal. Great performance. It was against the Panthers, and again, fancy football fickle thing. Getting that matchup is pretty fortunate. But I think A.J. Dillon, how he used him to trade uh, the 2022 first and 2022nd from Shane uh, for Jalen Hurts, I mean, really got him going. And he used Jalen Hurts to uh, trade for Jared Goff, Taysom Hill, my first set and fourth in the 2022 draft and my first and second in the 2023 draft. So massive haul for him, but it was—I mean, it was a massive overpay on my part. But I—I I needed another QB with Herbert, and Hertz did turn out to be QB three and QB two in back-to-back years. That was, I think, pretty fortunate on my part as well. But I mean, give give Kyle credit. He then he tried. I think this was kind of smart with uh, the Jared uh, Goff yeah. trade. Yeah, trading this... for. Go ahead, Max. Yeah, sorry. I, the only thing I this was like I love this trade because this was like the I mean obviously I got golf in this so that's why I love it. But like my what I like about it too is that it was like a pure win win scenario. Mm-hmm. Like and you don't get to see those I feel like all that often where it's like super like you want to try and find ways where it's beneficial for both parties. But like this, I remember talking to Kyle for this trade last year. I was like. And this ended up being true. Like this ended up getting him one hundred and one. Like he was, uh, he was competing with um, mm-hmm. Michael, I think, for that um, maximum points for, and he needed to offload a few more points. And like I was trying to go into playoffs with a better QB situation, and golf was starting to take off for Detroit again. And mm-hmm. I was like, this could actually be really helpful for both of us. And that ended up being a good haul for him, and worked out for me too. Yeah, so the trade was uh, Jared Goff and a 2024 second 
to Max for Jimmy G, Malik Willis, and a 2024 third round. And yeah, definitely helped him to get 101. And I think even with Kyle then taking Will Levis this past year in 2023, really gave him the ability to have that future Titans quarterback. <laughs> and it goes back to your earlier point, Max, where he did he's done a very good job to get to the championship but still had that future behind us. And I think mm-hmm. we all both, all everyone on this podcast thinks Will Levis is going to be very good at Tennessee in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks solid. And so uh, moving on, that first, that first and uh, some picks that I gave him, uh, one of them turned into uh, James Cook, Max's uh, favorite oh, running back. Oh, yeah, Mean Zona. We love him. Who <laughs> put up <laughs> – okay, real, real, real quick side pivot. I played – uh zona in the first round of our of a league that we're in and i beat her by six points her team went off my team did too thanks to james cook and she was very mad at me because her team was clearly better on paper nico collins uh derrick henry cd lamb uh Raheem mostert i could go brock purdy was her quarterback i go on about her team but she wanted me to lose so that she'd have a better chance of the semifinal. Semifinal turns around. She has a max performance where she goes off. My team sucks against the semifinal person, and she's very mad at me that I didn't let her win that uh, first round. <laughs> let match. her win that. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm in the doghouse. Moving back to Kyle. <laughs> 21 draft pick. We alluded to he got uh, Travis Etienne RB4 this year in 2023. And yeah, then 2022. Go ahead. No, i say that's a hit. Definitely a hit. Yeah, uh, and I'm not going to go over some of his picks, but he also did take Rashad Bateman, who is no longer on anyone's team in this year. But he had Kyle had some really good hits in 2022. Garrett Wilson, uh, big, big pick for him, but obviously the Rodgers injury hurt him. Uh, James Cook did well for him. Rashad White, I this trade was interesting, Max. I did yeah. not know that you got Rashad White for – uh, Michael Tom and Michael Thomas for Clyde Edwards Elair. Yeah, I, that was another one I did last year, earlier in the year, because I don't know if you remember, like it was getting to the we were in our last fumes with the CEH train of like you gotta show something here. And he, for like the first like month or so of last year, he was mm-hmm. like a mid RB1 or something mm-hmm. back in RB1. Um, and I decided to try and see if I could get out on it while I could. And I mean, white was a complete dart throw. I was just hoping I was going to hit with him. And Thomas was just like stashing something and maybe could hit yeah. again, but end up, I mean, white really took off this year. So end up working out. Yeah. That was just an interesting trade on the surface where I Clyde definitely, I remember that uh, Tampa Bay chiefs game last year, Sunday night football, where Clyde had a great catch mm-hmm. and you thought it was going to be, Continue for him. Uh, but moving back to Kyle, third round of 2022 takes Taylor McBride. Fantastic year. Oh my this gosh, year. he's incredible this year. Yeah. And to I think to hit on a tight end, I think it's one thing to hit on a tight end. And then it's another thing to hit on a tight end that becomes hot for the playoffs. Yeah. Massive. Like he, I know he put up a big matchup last week. I watched most of the 49ers game. I played him in another league, Max, and he he crushed you um, there. So I that, that was tough, but just goes to add to Kyle's pick. And then in 2023, he gets uh, Bijan first, who's been RB12, but has had some spurs. 
and then I'll I'll cap off this deep dive with his other players and then his defense, which I think is equally important. You need to have a big defense. I still remember last year Aaron's three starting defensive backs each round of the playoffs had 12 or more points or double digits at least. I mean, you need defense to do do well. And uh, Kyle got Danico Autry, uh, Trey Hendrickson, Montez Sweat, Logan Wilson, all for free. Uh, he got Bobby Okereke for $2, and now he's a top five free agent, Jason Pinnock for free. Jake Browning, he's spent his waiver wire uh, – well at $42 and Isaiah Pacheco, $8. And so, yeah, Kyle's just made a lot of good moves. And yeah. So I'll, I'll end it there for final thoughts, boys. Yeah. I mean, look, all the young running backs he's managed to collect and like hit on is honestly kind of crazy. Like Pacheco being like a, a free agent guy. I mean, Bijan at 101 is just kind of like a layup, but like, I mean, he had Rashad White, who, if he would have kept him, would have been huge too. But James Cook, ETN, um, he's re- that's a, it's really hard to hit on those guys, and he just seems to keep getting them. And yeah, Jerome Ford too. Yeah, like you're adding right now too. Like, I <laughs> yeah. mean, that one, that one was kind of tragic how that one ends up coming to be for this year. But like, also yeah. just a big, a big ad for him. Yeah, I mean, in, in fantasy, I, I made the note, but you can only keep trying, and I, Kyle. Just look at how many quarterbacks he has. Yeah. You can only keep trying with that. And so. Yeah. Spend he, that fab. <laughs> yeah. Spend that fab. And so, yeah, really, really good structure to someone who came in this league a lot later with a team they did not start with. And so. I hope kudos. Kyle does it just for the 30 for 30. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll have to have him on a podcast for a 30 for 30. Oh, if he wins, he's on. Like we're having him just like toot his own horn the entire time. Yeah, I'm trying I mean, to he's... think of what the title of that would be. Like, <laughs> like, what if I told you? What if I told you? It is like it's a, it's really cool. Like he's definitely hit the nail on the head for like just like coming in and inheriting a team and just kind of like piecing it together again. He's been super active and like I feel like he's just like willing and eager to take on any trades he could as soon as he got in, and he just completely rebuild it all what if, what if I, I told you you oh. could go from worst to first <laughs> that's that's better than mine i was gonna go with what if i told you the biggest winner of the jets fans were the jets <laughs> no that's a bad one bad. <laughs> the biggest trying so hard writing novels <laughs> in the title yeah yours is better <laughs> it's in the making kyle for 30 for 30 well, let's see if he wins first. We don't want to jinx him. What's yeah. our What's our predictions? Yeah, I was we, gonna say, we are we going to use that as that. transition? Yeah, I need to look at their matchup. That's exactly what I'm pulling up right now. I was looking at some of it, and he did put he does have Jerome Ford in, um, who did he did not have in the semifinal against the Jets. It was a decent matchup. Amari Cooper's playing the Jets though. That, oh, that sucks because you have you have to put him in. You can't take him out. Oh, you can't. But he's going to draw um, sauce. James, 
James Cook against New England, tough matchup, but Travis Etienne against Carolina, he can get back going. Aaron Jones had Everyone can run on Carolina. He could have a massive game. Mm-hmm. And that's a get-right game for Jacksonville. Like, they'll just, like, yeah. run offensive plays until oh, they can and, get their offense going. And they're at home. Yep. Oh, man. This is – the projection is pretty low for a weekly game, but it's tight. I don't get um, some of these projections, especially when you go into the matchup and you see that yeah. they have average points below it, and the average points are easily fifteen to twenty percent higher than the projected points. They because like, sleepers still has no idea what to do with defense. I feel like, mm. um, I don't know. The defense seems like it's all over the place. I feel like uh, it's, this is going to be pretty close because I I'm just looking at the matchups here, like you guys are talking about. I feel like that game between San Francisco and Washington could get out of hand quick. You could mm. see a lot of Christian McCaffrey in that game. So I don't really know what Brock Purdy's numbers are going to look like. And we are talking about a guy who just threw four interceptions. Now, I'm not saying I'm expecting him to do that back-to-back weeks. But there's that. I will say, though, potential for Dak Prescott to go off. I could very easily see Detroit-Dallas turning into a shootout. I man, that's that a- helps Kyle with St. Brown. Yeah. That's true. This is quite interesting of a scenario for Aaron. Purdy coming off that four interception game going against Washington, who's, you know, not not great. Um, but he's got Stafford's playing well right now, and he's got him on the bench against the Giants. Um and a must win for the Rams. Yeah. I'm gonna be interested to see what he does with that, and I don't blame him for doing this move either. He's got Diggs on the bench against New England. Like Diggs has not been the Diggs we all know for a while this season. I will say Diggs against New England, I feel like has been extremely good. He had 14.8 earlier this year, but I swear it was last year that he had some massive games against New England. and 19.9 in 2022. Yeah, he could be – that could be a – that flex position or something is something he could be changing up until game time. Personally, Um, I would – I would probably take out – Or Collins. Collins, yeah. Yeah, I mean – It depends if Stroud plays. I know. There's so many moving parts here to keep an eye on. Um man, why do you think Kyle? There's I mean, I know you're gonna you're gonna roll with Kyle. I'm um, rolling with Kyle too. I'm just trying to figure out how Kyle wins. <laughs> you just you pick and then you're gonna figure it out along the way. I mean, I can man. tell you, Jamie, it's real simple. He scores more points than the other guy. I don't care this if it's Aaron true. or or anybody else. Yeah, you know, what's you know? what's kind of interesting though is there at least with the way their lineup is set right now, there is the most stake they have in a game right now is the Rams, not the Rams, the Browns Jets game. And that's mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause they have, uh, they both have Brees Hall and Ford playing in that one. Cooper and now Njoku is playing. Um, I mean, I don't know if he has, he doesn't have Garrett Wilson in at the moment, but there's just, some yeah, it's a good point. Max. We're going to know a lot more about this matchup after tomorrow night's game. Assuming that, like, assuming the lineup stays, they have some hard lineup decisions to make that they got to do, like, now. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I, man. I give the edge to Kyle, 
only because I think his defense will do better than Aaron's defense along with his offense. And and I might be wrong with that that take. Aaron's really been switching up his defense. He has Hudson and Lockin, who he just picked up. Um, I he does, Aaron doesn't have Brooks in, who just got injured in that Seattle game. And I feel like Kyle's defense is really steady. Kyle Kyle didn't get a sack out of Autry or Sweat this past weekend, and Autry's going against Houston, who allowed a lot of pressure. Sweat is going against Atlanta, then so. I really yeah. like Kyle's defense. Yeah, I'm, and I'm in the same boat, Jamie. I give Kyle's defense a slight edge, and I also like the bottom end of Kyle's offense better right yeah. now. The way the lineups are set right now, I I know I really I'm I, I'm gonna make I'm gonna go make a bold take here. I will say the difference in the points of the quarterbacks is the difference in the the matchup. So really, that's that's kind of where I was heading to i'm looking at that like, that dac and cd stack is mm. really freaking good mm. and detroit like i was just looking at something over the past like four weeks they're like not middle of the pack they're kind of towards the bottom like bottom half of the league of like points against like fantasy wise for like those for quarterback and receiver for the past month so like I don't know, man. A huge game from them at home against Detroit in a bounce back game that they're going to need in prime time. That could be massive. Yeah, that's that Saturday standalone game. Yeah, Monday Night Football it's also, I'm just saying, I'm just putting this out there. My hands are up. I'm just saying, it's like that meme with the guy from King of Queens. Like, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, this is. This is right about the time of the year that if Dallas is going to beat Dallas, this is one of those games. <laughs> this would hurt bad. This is one of those doesn't. games where what if Dallas comes out and lays an egg? I'm not saying I, they're going to, but I, I can't see Dallas laying an egg. The game is in Dallas, and Dallas this year has just looked like another animal at home. Yeah, and they they've been a completely different team at home. Versus so different, home. and that's this why if saying. Dallas doesn't have, if Dallas doesn't have a, a home game like this postseason, they're not going to win. So it's a it's a home game for them where they need man they're the top of the the top seeds in the NFC right now fighting for that buy. Like if Dallas loses this, they're out of that first round by contention. I think. Yeah. That, see, um, this is what I don't trust Dallas in a have to have it situation. I trust San Francisco, and for whatever ungodly reason, I trust Philadelphia in a have to have it. I don't trust Dallas in a have to have it, given their given their track record over but, the years. You know, like in a must have it, there is a certain percentage chance that like. Dallas is going to hit on those, and like if they're going to do it, based on how they played this year at home in a primetime game, like this may be it. I'll, Detroit's hot too, though. So I'll like, give them credit. This is definitely the best team they've had in a while. I'm just saying they always find a way to be Dallas. Always. Just saying. Just ask Stephen A. If you don't believe me, he'll just tell saying. you. I I believe he would tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all that to say, like that Dak and CD stack could be absolutely huge for Aaron. What, what do I you guys even... think the spreads in that game, the Dallas Detroit game? I'm gonna say six and a half to Dallas. Oh my gosh, I think that feels high. I would give him like 
three, six, Jordan, six, really? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Wow. yeah, Vegas likes Dallas at home a lot. Oh yeah. That feels just maybe I'm just too biased towards Detroit. That feels disrespectful to Detroit. I mean, Detroit's not the. I mean, I can't remember how they're doing this year. I know last year they struggled on the road a lot. Um, I I was going into it like looking at. I thought six and a half, like Jordan as well. Exact same. I didn't look. Thought. I I I just spit that right. out. But it's yeah, just... yeah. But like before I looked, I had the same thought as you. So man. That's crazy. I, I still need to make a prediction for this championship game. I haven't made anything yet. You can um, go Aaron Max. Don't be afraid. We uh, both went against Aaron last year and we were both wrong, Jordan and I. So yeah. Well, I so, had to. I mean, I'm well, not gonna play yeah, him he, and not pick me. I'm saying we both went against you. Yeah. The one was for you. <laughs> who is he? Who is Kaliki Hudson? He said two big weeks and Aaron's riding with him. Same with EJ say, Speed. He just picked up speed. Yeah, there was a lot of defensive transactions this week. I will um, say, uh, real quick as well, Josh Jacobs, if somehow he's ruled out again at the last second, that could really fuck Aaron, given that he has, like, Brees Hall already going. Montgomery will have gone by then. You got to play Najee. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Um, unless, does he have, who's he having flex? No, he could play Montgomery in there and he could put Diggs in. He doesn't have to play Najee. I think if Aaron was smart, if he's putting Josh Jacobs, he might as well put Montgomery up to the running back position and lock that. Yeah. Um, I, the flex. I'm, I'm very curious to see how they keep these lineups coming up to kick off because, like, you got to shoot for ceiling here. Yeah. And, like to me, that's what kind of stands out about having Diggs. I know it's been rough with Diggs the past couple of weeks, like, but like you said, he's had some good weeks against New England, and like, mm-hmm. you gotta play your best players in the biggest game. I was just like, gonna how say, ba- how bad is it gonna feel if Diggs goes off on the bench? And um, Max, you know what I always say. I say it to Jamie all the time too. Big time players make big time plays in big time yeah. games. And Adams is on the bench too. Like that's, oh, he's got a. He's got some interesting decisions to make. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll with Kyle here because that's the I think I'm I'm rooting for the storyline here. I want to see the worst of first wow. thing happen. Kyle um, takes the paint. How about that? So, you know what that like, means, what, right? 15, well, we did just said, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it could be Aaron by twenty or something. He maybe put up three hundred again, but. Um, I will never live that down. <laughs> and it's good to see he's starting. It's also that games. was my fault too, Max. I made so many. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. You could have yeah. knocked him out the round prior, Easily. and then I would have made so many bad sit start. I I sat Waddle Kittle, Kittle, who yeah. both put up. I want to say close to like 35, 40 points combined. I wish I, I had the SVP like... sound button for what are we doing? <laughs> and I'd be hitting it right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised either way. Whoever wins this matchup, like, yeah, um, sometimes you just got to be the hot team in the playoffs. And right now, I think that favors Kyle. And like, that's what I think was Aaron last year. He was like the hottest team. So like, you got to get hot at the right time. And I think Kyle is that team this year. Um, it was cutting it pretty close last week for Aaron with To, but he got out of it. Um. I think on paper, you look at a lot of the top end players, and I would give the advantage to Aaron. Mm-hmm. But I think momentum is 
ridiculous in fantasy for whatever reason, and that's favoring Kyle right now. And with projections being as close as they are, however much you want to weigh that, I would tilt slightly towards Kyle. So no disrespect, Aaron, but what got you a championship last year, I think is working in favor right now for Kyle, but Kyle may not want to hear that. There we go. All, All right, right well, we'll see what happens. I'm, I mean, I said it last pod. We got on. Yeah, my hands are up again. Kyle <laughs> going on a run. I don't have a crystal yeah. ball. I wish I did. I'd be a rich man if I did. But I think you just said that because it was fun and you wanted to see it happen. I no, I really the way. No, no, no. The way the bracket. <laughs> listen, the bracket was different than than the way it turned out. The bracket was different. What was so different? I think Aaron and. Jamie were locked in top the, two. The, the, the matchups were all swapped around because there was a stack correction that changed the seating. I think Kyle was... Um, Kyle was initially supposed seed. to be in the other other half of the bracket. Yeah. That would have been cool. I would have appreciated that. Because in week 15, um, TL won, or was that the... Oh, that was... The, um, week 14 did Kyle win both his I don't know oh Max I don't know how it ended up I, Kyle was on the other side playing Aaron mm -hmm. I want to say I have to go relook at that or were you in the third seed Max and yeah was... the seat yeah I was gonna say I don't know if Kyle moved but I some, think the might... seating the seating changed dropped. somehow, and so Kyle ended up in a different matchup than what I predicted the last time. I think I might have lost like a median or something and dropped a seed. Yeah, I think I think Max, you may have been the third seed playing Kyle on the other side, <laughs> or then I no Jordan. I think you predicted Kyle would beat me. I think you did. One of the two. Like I you don't did something. It. No, something changed because I went back and listened to the podcast the other day, and it was kind yeah, of after think, after think, it had happened, and the bracket yeah. was different. I think you had. I think when you guys were talking about Eric was playing me, and you had Eric over me. You had me out in the yes. first round. Yes, remember. Um. So yeah, I think you're right. It did change. I was also trying to look at their matchup to see if they had like any conflicting stacks like if they one had a quarterback and the other had a receiver but i don't think they do which is really interesting actually because if kyle would have been on the other side of the bracket he would still be in the championship and he would have already beaten to and aaron mm -hmm. he's a hot team yeah like, which is just with like some of the players that some of the, these teams have have been knocked out like it's kind of crazy to see that like he's still the one standing i'm trying to like and you look at his matchup again. Um, who was like the player that's like going off for him right now in the playoffs? Well, last week it was Amari Cooper. Yeah, like last, like last week it was definitely Cooper, and like the week before is Cook, I guess. But Wilson, Wilson's been pretty good. Levante David's been good on defense for him. Yeah, Karakay's been solid too. Yeah. Jamie, what's uh, what's left on our agenda? Because I got twelve minutes. Uh, we can go into quick deep dive into David Njoku reaction. Oh, right. I yeah. think great move. Great move by Aaron. I mean, yeah, Hopkinson goes down. Yeah. I, I thought I was telling Jordan before we started this, I thought about texting Shane about this before the first week of the playoffs. I was like, I was afraid of like Njoku flopping, but like Flacco just loves throwing to him. And that's, that stayed true. 
Um, and that's a good move for Aaron after losing Hawkinson. Honestly, I think it's like a good get for Shane. Like he has no need for him right now or like necessarily for next year either. So yeah, um, the couple, I agree with the couple fours in a second, not bad at all. I agree with Max. I think it's the right move all the way around. I've been in, I'm an Njoku owner in another league, so I've been very appropriate, very apprised to his production lately. So I think for Aaron, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, I don't really know about the value next year. You never know from year to year things can change, but No, I mean still that's a solid, what's still a solid player. But right now he's not worried about next year. He's worried about winning a championship. So. well, I mean, he's also I mean, he did put it in the chat too. It's also a move for next year because Hawkinson just tore his ACL and MCL at the end of this season. So like return Sure. for next year can be late. So I'm assuming the Browns are going to have, well, for sure they're going to have a different quarterback next year than Joe Flacco, though. So will will the production be the same catching balls from Watson? I don't I don't know. know. But yeah, solid move. Need to be done. And I think Shane, like Max said, like he said, me, him and I were, me and I, yeah. Max and Words. I were talking about it before uh, Jamie jumped on, and it just, it kind of just made sense both ways. For Shane, he just stacking up on draft capital. So, yeah. Yeah. I looked at uh, Njoku's uh, contract, and he has one more year on it until he's a free agent. So, contract year, want to get paid. Deshaun Watson likes his tight ends normally. So, well, I thought it was a good move on both sides for sure. Speaking of guys who might not get paid next year by their employer, Russell Wilson. Oh, Oof. right. That's what we need Oh to talk my. about. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I I don't know if you guys like saw the Discord chat going off a bit. I'm this is just so weird to me. I don't I don't think I understand like Broncos management at all. Like they they gave up a haul that is gonna be like felt for a handful of years or so, and they're making a massive pivot in like year two. Like I understand like coaching changes and stuff happened like a massive flop from the get-go of like the coach you brought in to start it all off but like if it's just that's what that's the irresponsible part to me like that massive haul you gave up you're bailing on it like so soon and like and like i that's why because i don't think wilson's the problem himself because statistically he's been fine like he's yeah, yeah he's not worth the absurd amount of money probably that you've been paying them but like that's what you gotta do for your position to a point but they have other issues i think of why they're not the team they're expecting to be right now other than just wilson but i don't know I've never seen a team bench a guy so they didn't have to risk not paying him or however the fuck. I don't even, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean, it does, but like, what? it it's it's wild in the fact that like He's being benched, but unlike the Derek Carr <laughs> situation last year, he's not like he still has the potential to play if Jared Stidham gets hurt. And so he there's the injury concern there. So it's yeah. it's it's very wild. I don't like and like Stidham showed flashes. Like I think he could be like a impact player when you need him to be. Like I don't know if he's gonna be the guy for somebody for like long term. Like I think that rarely happens at this point in his career. But like I mean they don't have capital, like or I don't think they have significant capital to go get a guy right now, um, for draft picks wise. So like I don't know, man. It's just that's what's crazy. Like you just start to think these massive contracts really don't have 
as much value as it seems like they do because the Broncos are getting out of it like two years in. Yeah, I, I saw a uh, it was a sleeper notification, but it was from Diana Rossini saying that they're just going to cut him in March anyway. Yep. So. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I his his stats are equivalent to Patrick Mahomes. I believe both players have like twenty six touchdowns, eight interceptions. So they're yeah. very similar in that regard. And he's the seventh best passer uh, in terms That's of passer rating. rating. And like I I don't think that he's been the problem on Denver. I think their defense early on obviously was the problem. But it, it he just hasn't been Sean Payne's guy. And that's just like the weirdest part of it all. Yeah, I think there's very much like a locker room thing or like internal conflict going in that organization where he's just not vibing with it. So like he can clearly still play and like he's not young, but like he still has some left in the tank. Um, So I'm curious like where the next stop for him would be. Like, do you have any immediate thoughts of where he could like? I would be fascinated to see him end up in Chicago. Oh, no. I don't think they're going to do that. No, they wouldn't do that. Uh, If Chicago doesn't roll with Fields, I think they're taking Williams. But but think about about what they could do with that. You you bring in a veteran guy, and you spend your picks in other areas, who clearly can still play. Not a veteran guy who's just like, yeah, whatever. I think you would lose a lot of Chicago fan base if you make that move and not take Williams. They're not signing I think, checks. I think I think you have to take if you're Chicago, you have to take Williams and get him on the rookie year. Yeah. A rookie contract and just build around him with their defense and other wide receiver running back. Like, like weapons. If you're, if you're looking at like from a like a relations standpoint to like your fan base, like Wilson is can been kind of cringy from the outside that's fair like watching and like and you're gonna pass on one of these like generational prospects and using that term like sarcastically because it's overused but like with like williams or may whoever you like 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 jamie said getting him on a rookie contract like that would look so so bad so i don't think chicago i think you could rule out chicago immediately um jordan jordan would you like kayla williams uh throwing to t higgins because that's what the bears could do next year yeah, I think I think Bryce Young might be throwing to T. Higgins next year. The Bears have the most cap space; like their cap space is um, insane. That's yeah. that's the thing they can. Uh, that's why they need to take that's... Williams so that they can use their cap space for offensive line. Well, most likely they they'll probably try to build that through the draft. But like, you got to keep that defense going if you're the Bears too. Go get Fashanu. I could also see Russell in Atlanta. Yeah. Sierra I, Sierra likes Atlanta. So <laughs> that, well, that's your first point. <laughs> that's the first point you get. To. It seemed to matter when he ended up in Denver. So yeah, Atlanta's destined for a quarterback. Like I thought, like Atlanta was gonna. I think Atlanta's a popular spot for Fields if they move him. Like yeah, uh, I've seen that linked a lot. Um, they need. Yeah, I I think Arthur Smith is just terrible though. Yeah. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, I was. I don't know. <laughs> Can we rule out completely Pittsburgh? I was just gonna say. Like, I was why thinking not? about it. I why know. Not? I mean, I I think it's possible. How like, would you guys feel about it? I'd be down. I, I would love it. 
I'm so down for it. Like, I, had nothing, I mean, I think it would be great to have him there with Tomlin. Oh, yeah. Veteran coach, veteran player. I yeah. I just think that I think the change of scenery alone would help him. Um, but I I think if you're comparing it, and this is no slight on Kenny Pickett, but I just think his Wilson's quarterback play has been a lot better than Kenny Pickett or anyone else Steelers have right now. So it's just a natural improvement at the position. Yeah, I mean, it has Pickett hasn't been dealt the greatest hand, but like, there's. Unfortunately, I think a lot of scenarios that are like Pickett where like they just get screwed early in their career and it's kind of hard to bounce back. Not saying that Pickett won't bounce back, like he could end up being like a very solid quarterback for them. But like right now, my immediate reaction to Wilson and Pittsburgh would be like, I'm I'm open to trying it out. I think it'd be it'd be good because they have a good team. They have some good supporting cast. It's just, man, they've been hurting at that position. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be very interesting. I'm trying to think of other teams. It's kind of wild, but and I don't I don't think it drives with how Bill Belichick's doing well. But the Patriots, if they were to get Wilson, I mean their defense looks fine right now, in my opinion. And yeah. just it's been quarterback play. I think but. I I would still bank on. I know like one Belichick signed a. I quietly signed an extension over the summer, I think, in New England, and everyone's been talking about him leaving. But, like, I still think that he finds a way out right now of New England this season. But, like, if he does stay, I think there would be have to be a move like that where, like, I know what I'm getting in this player, like, proven veteran, good quarterback, like, mm-hmm. and then bring – I mean, they need more than – I mean, they really need a quarterback. Their line is also horrible. Yeah, it's it so bad. And they need some better receivers out there too. But yeah. um, he could, he, he's been around long enough. He could probably run an offense just fine for Belichick. So yeah. we all just, we all just said all that to go back around to the original point that none of the three of us, and I'm pretty sure no one in the rest of the world has any fucking clue what the Broncos are doing. No, I so. cannot tell you what the <laughs> hell they're doing, man. I like Aaron talked about it in the, in the discord, like, when they started trading off guys, I thought they were just punting. Like I thought they were done, but then they started playing so much better and it was crazy. So like, and then now they're going back the other way again. It's like, we're going to just bench Wilson now and we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll make playoffs. Yeah. They've given themselves financial flexibility more than they had earlier today, but it's, it's a long way up. If you don't have the quarterback spot nailed down. (laughs) Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the sarcasm that goes around if, like, Stidham throws, like, three or four picks. Like, man, if only we had someone in here who knew the mm-hmm. system and could mm-hmm. run it, like, and play well. Oh, man. But we'll see. I don't know. Any last-minute reactions to Eagles or Steelers stuff to wrap it up? My Eagles want to be very short. So... If Go there's ahead. anything left for the two of you to say about the Steelers, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. All right. I'll I'll say something about the Steelers, Max. It's kind of wild, but uh, I think the Steelers lose closely to the Seahawks this weekend, and they only go 9-8 and eight against the Ravens, who have already clinched the one seed and will rest all their players. And Mike Tomlin gets that 9-8 and eight season again. Yep, that and, feels fitting. And the Steelers don't make the playoffs. Yep, that seems like the Steelers' way right now. Like, we're going to get that record, but nothing else is going to matter. 
I feel like that's, I, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of people that I know that are on the outs from Mike Tomlin right now. I don't feel that way. I don't feel um, that way either. I think I, I think they have the roster. I think if the players, and I will single out Pickens, if they can be a little bit more mature and be a little yeah. bit more professional. I him think, and, yeah, him and DJ, I think, are not. Yeah, I, I, I think I need I need he needs to be called out too. Him and Pickens yeah. are like not been the best leaders on the field. Um, like I, I would, he, I would ahead, throw. I would also even throw JPJ to a little degree. Not not so the maturity of professional, but maturity of like at the position where you have to be a little bit less physical because you're just getting foul uh, penalties in Dude, bad I'm, spots. I'm telling you, man. I told I tried to tell say this from the beginning. Like that's going to be the part that's going to be the biggest thing to work through with him. Cause this is the same way he was in college. He's a very physical, like punch you in the mouth type of corner that he's going to mm-hmm. get flat. He got flagged for that stuff a lot in college and they're going to be harping on them that in the NFL too. So like, I still think he'll be good long-term for them, but that's definitely going to be something yeah. to. I think through. Tomlin's the perfect coach for JPJ yeah. to yeah, work yeah. through. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm against it, but I, I think not missing the playoffs, getting a higher draft pick, and Mike Tomlin still keeping that record is the best path forward for this Steelers team. I think they, I think their injuries at linebacker specifically really caught up oh to them. Oh my gosh! And they just, I mean, the quarterback position caught up to them as well, and that just stretch of Patriots Cardinals. Uh, yeah, that brutal stretch. Yeah. Man, I mean, <laughs> what a the, the Steelers playing the way they did in that brutal stretch was brutal. Me. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Bags. I, that was funny. Yeah. Um, but the I, brutal stretch. My thought with the whole Tomlin thing, because I've heard from plenty of other people too who want Tomlin now. I'm like, man, I, yeah, I, I don't understand like, that it, at all. It's Just... like people don't watch these coaching carousels that go around the NFL. Like, Tomlin is not the problem. I would rather keep rolling with Tomlin, who's very well backed by like the rest of the league players, former players of like how good of a coach he is. And like he's coached his team up as much like as much as he can over the years. And like there's other internal problems of like locker room leaders and stuff that they've been missing from like the old Steelers on other stuff like that. that, Like the coaching carousel is not, a fun ride. I feel like I, I can't from the steel, like an NFL fan perspective, like the Steelers has been fortunate for yeah. a little while now. So like, I can't speak from personal experience from watching that, but like other teams have, they're still struggling to figure that out. And like, I don't want to ride on that ride. Like Tomlin's a good guy. A good guy I, f- I feel like you don't want to be put on the coaching carousel coming off of firing a hall of fame coach who is clearly no. still capable of coaching. Bill Belichick's a little different, not that he's not capable, but he's like 100 years old. Mike Tomlin is in his 50s. Yeah, like he could retire I, tomorrow, but he could also coach another 20 years. So I, I saw another article, I didn't read too much into it about that like them entertaining the idea of like trading. Tomlin. I saw that too, Max. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like don't <laughs> keep Tomlin. Like you got other pieces to dress. That is going to take too big of a step back. That's I don't think that would go deal. over very well with the fans. You want to talk about fans? I don't think that would go over very well. I think it's them. a dead split in Pittsburgh. Honestly, I think there's. I I don't think you're going to find a majority. I I'm don't a, know. Me personally, not that I matter, but as a non as a as a as a I guess the words partisan, right? 
It would be partisan. That mean that means neutral, right? I think. No, partisans bipartisan. Or bi not bipartisan means neutral. Whatever the neutral one is, I don't fucking know. <laughs> bipartisan, yeah. I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great coach. I would love to have him. Fuck Nick Sirianni. I would love to have Mike Tomlin if I had the choice between the two of them. So, or, or most coaches in the NFL. That's that's what I keep bringing up to people is like, you know how many people in Chicago keep being like, well, if the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin, we're going to hire Mike Tomlin. Like Dude. that's the fact that so many other teams want Mike Tomlin is the fact that you don't fire Mike Tomlin. He would get so much fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> so much money if he hit the open market. Yeah. First, like, coach, and, first coach off the board. Yeah. And like immediately. And Tomlin's like He's a perfect Steelers guy. Like he wants to stick it out, like career guy, like with them and like make it work there. Like he doesn't. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Yeah. Like, but I have a feeling if he were to get fired, he would do what Doug Peterson did. He'd probably take a year off and uh, and go find find a situation that works for him. Depends the know. scenarios I'd be out there. Like I right now, like the Chargers' job looks awesome in a way. Like young franchise quarterback like the bear spot i think is even better for mike Tomlin. Yeah. he's a defensive yeah. coach and like just look at the defensive work he did against the Bengals this weekend where he, he did his own coverage against them that really fooled jake browning and a lot of, he made levi wallace look really good for a game and that <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it that's that's pretty good <laughs> I'm just saying I, the bear the bears would be a better spot there's so many places that mike Tomlin would thrive right now somebody is going to take that chargers job Worst possible job out there on the coaching market. I don't want uh, anything to do with that ownership structure whatsoever. I don't think you can the call that. The front office worst. is horrible. Jordan, Jordan, we didn't get your Brandon Staley uh, rant. Do we have time for that? Did I promise a rant? Did I? I don't. Did I say just that? now? Right now, you did. Yeah, for allowing the Raiders to get multiple defensive oh, yeah. touchdowns you didn't go and... in your own little oh game. yeah because of my other league actually you know what i had Devonte smith queued up but i have the perfect thing that i'm gonna patch in here for my for my brandon staley rant hold on let me pull it up give me a second you guys can talk amongst yourselves for 30 seconds yeah my quick hitter thought is like to the whole chargers job like i just because you're walking into a scenario with herbert as your franchise quarterback i feel like there's definitely worse spots to go like i think that would vault finding a franchise qb is like a huge box to check off i feel like um but yeah they're an interesting team yeah. otherwise i think i think where jordan was going was yeah they're the team's good but to deal with that ownership might be in a exactly. bad way where the like i know that with the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper and how he's micromanaged the, oh, yeah. the coach, the head coaches that have come and gone through there and might be in a bad way like that. I, I mean, the Spanos have never been a good organization from them just even moving the Chargers, let alone running. All right. So, all right. You guys want to know how I feel about Brandon Staley? I'm going to hold this. I'm going to hold my phone up to the mic and Jamie might, jump out of the bed just pee in his pants because I think he might have an idea of what I'm about to play right here. I'm going on mute right now. Just don't, I'm, don't I know go on mute. Laugh. No, I want to I want to hear your reaction to this. Hold on, <laughs> let me make sure I got this close enough. All right, here we go. It's been labeled soft, although it puts up 19 and 9, which only 11 other guys do. Is that a trick question? You tell me. They gave up Kwame Brown. No, my gosh. 
give a salary for first of all, understand something. When you're giving up first round picks, if you are a quality team in play in playoff contention, it really doesn't mean that much. That's number one. Number two, and more importantly, Twame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood, just should be celebrating. Throw a parade already, whether you win a championship or not. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. That's all I have to say about that. Except for instead of he can't play, he can't coach. Yeah. If, if he held that job for too long, oh. you should like. If you haven't seen it already, you should look up like Rex Ryan clips on Brandon Staley. He's very public about his dissatisfaction of him as a coach. My favorite part of that, first of all, two things about that quote was <laughs> one: it's about they're talking about the Lakers, but it's a, he says L.A., which makes it perfect. And also, he just can't coach. It just <laughs> he just can't. He cannot. Oh, man. That's all I have to say about Brandon Staley. Absolutely fuck him. Because I was in the same spot you were in, Max, in a different league. Number mm-hmm. one seed, best record. But you were in that league. Yep. Got <laughs> fucked by the Raiders' defense. First round. Yeah. In a week where Christian McCaffrey dropped 46 points. That's, that was tough. Like, what? Yeah. What are you supposed to do about that? Well, like, give us your Eagles take quick before we run out of time. However much we well, have. Well, we're already we're already ten minutes past time, but I wasn't going to oh. cut you guys off on your on okay. your Steelers rants. That was you guys deserve that time. So, <laughs> thanks. Um, my standpoint on the, the state of the Philadelphia Eagles right now is perfectly described by Devontae Smith's post game interview after this game that they all they tried to lose against the Giants. Uh, so I'm gonna let him speak to it. I'm thankful for we're not where we're going to be. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not satisfied. Yeah, we got to live wins. I'm not happy. It, it needs to be better. So, what I want to do, what everybody else in here wants to do, what we want to be, we're nowhere near that. So, no, I'm, I'm not happy. Living wins, we're not playing good football right now. I just, I wanted that to sink in to double at wow. the end. 11 wins, we're not playing good football right now. Wow. That was powerful. <laughs> Listen. Devontae Smith keeps it real. After I saw that interview, I was like, give him a lifetime contract right now. Make him an eagle for the rest of his career. I don't care. Give him whatever he wants. Give him $150 million on a deal. I don't care. Just he speaks the truth. Mm. So, What's your elevator pitch of what's going wrong? Um, First thing I'll say is it's not the defense. I'll put it that way. I don't think it's the defense at all. I think the defense... And the statistics that go along with that is a byproduct of everything the offense is not doing. Mm. You cannot ask your defense to play 90 snaps a game and expect them to not get absolutely run through like shit through a tin horn, like fucking Nick Saban likes to say. Now, (laughs) I'm not saying they're perfect. They're not. Got tackle. But I'm not holding this against the defense. This team offensively is inexplicably underachieving for reasons that I simply cannot fault the players for when the offense is almost exactly the same as it was last year. And I would argue on paper is better than it was last year. Yep. You simply cannot tell me that it has anything to do with the way these guys are playing. Yeah. I'm not hearing the narrative of, yeah, sure, it's going to look at the stat sheet and you're going to see Jalen Hurts turning the football over at a rate that is alarming. But he's also turning the football over at such a rate because of the things you are asking him to do in an offense 
that is not suited for his strengths. Like they don't run the ball. I I like, cannot figure out why. Thank you, Max. <laughs> I, You're not I, even I, watching him every week, and you, maybe you are. I don't know. No, but... I I watch him a good bit because like they're they're a fun team to watch. They, like a lot of the players they have, like you talked about, are they're an improvement, I think, on what they had last year. But they're running a much worse offense. I don't know why. I... <laughs> yeah. Max is laughing in my face right now. No, because it's he just, just sigh. He can see the dumbfoundedness on my face. I mean, I just, yeah. I don't understand. This is not just like fan homerism, like speak. Like literally anyone who has ever watched a football game can watch their offense week to week and realize that it is miserable. But we're too busy changing the defensive coordinator. They were like doing it. Like they looked like the same offensive team for the first few weeks this season. I feel like they were mm -hmm. they they were running it at will against anybody for a few weeks. I remember like the DeAndre Swift breakout game. They could run whichever direction they wanted and get like five to six yards of carry at least. And then they kind of just abandoned it. Like for they after were running that. more, but they wouldn't commit to it. Like they would. Yeah. What they would do in those games yeah. is like they would run the ball for the first. 10 or 15 plays on it. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, that's working. Now we get to have some fun. And they just start throwing the ball over the yard for like a quarter and a half. And then they realized, oh, this game's kind of tight. We need to just run the football and salt this clock away. So at that point in time during the season, they were smart enough to start running the fucking football. And it, they got away with it. They won for a while. And then... Somewhere along the way, somebody just decided, nah, you know what? Hey, fuck it. We're just going to keep throwing the throwing the ball everywhere and hope Jalen Hurts can bail us out. He's not he, he's not built to do that. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be fucking doing a cartwheel then throwing the ball backwards behind his back. That's not who he is. You can't ask him to do that. So uh, you asked me for an elevator pitch, and that was like 30,000 miles yeah long. we went the short thing is the offensive coordinator power. needs to be fired he should have been fired fucking two and a half months ago <clears throat> but he wasn't because he's a family friend of jalen hurts that's got to mm. go out the window i don't want to hear this shit from nick sirianni about it's his offense and brian johnson is unfairly receiving the criticism fucking blow me dude grow a sack of stones and fire this guy is johnson calling the plays yes yeah, yeah. Nick Sirianni doesn't call plays because they tried that last year and it was a fucking disaster. Even though they were winning, it was a disaster. And they turned the keys over to Shane Steichen, and it's like they figured out fire. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. And for I, me, for me, last thing I'll say is it's very clear that it is a coaching problem. Yeah. Because look at what Shane Steichen is doing in Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson before he got hurt. Yeah, and man. now with Gardner Minshew, I'm not saying Minshew's like blowing this blowing the doors off anybody, but he's clearly playing above his abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I would say Shane Steichen is ninety five to ninety nine percent the reason why the Eagles can't get back to what they were last year on offense. I mean Shane Steichen, look at the running backs the Colts have gone through. In Indy, Zach Moss, Jonathan. Yeah, Zach Taylor, Moss has been relevant. And then whatchamacallit, I think Trey Sermon. Went yeah. off against the Steelers of all people. So like Shane Steichen clearly with 
with backups galore. I mean, that's a very interesting point you make, Jamie, because a lot of the narrative last year around the Philadelphia Eagles seemed to be when there were questions about are they going to pay Miles Sanders or not. Well, it doesn't really mm-hmm. seem to matter who's carrying the ball for the Eagles because yeah. they're all having success. And what do you know? Now the same mm-hmm. thing is being said about Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. and like, yeah. and he went from like a very, like it's. I think Indy's very much below the caliber of offense that Philly can be if you're talking about like maximum potential, but like. And like terms of build wise, if you have a fully healthy squad with like Richardson and like they have a decent line, like they had mm-hmm. the pieces for like a really good line that they were noted for a few years ago. But like Richardson to Hertz, like you could see the the comp there. Oh like yeah, the, for sure. The physical run style of like Taylor and the Eagles game, like the the very complimentary if you look at it piece to piece. Like it's really good for a good move for Steichen and. You can, yeah, I think it really highlights of how much they really miss him in Philly. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know just from watching analysis of them week to week, their time of possession is wildly disproportionate. So much lower than for the Eagles. Uh, And so, like, people look at defense and they're like, well, this is the worst pass defense in the NFL when last year they were the best. How is that possible? Sure, they lost starters and losing C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was playing slot corner for them and rotating at safety, is a big loss, right? But when the time of possession is the way it is like that and teams can just run just run routes all over you for 40 minutes out of a 60-minute game, again, yeah, you're going to get run through. Like, I don't know. Especially at this point of the season. Where clearly, that's are... what the statistics are going to tell you. Like, yeah. I... So uh, I'm looking at it now. I found it. Philly is fifth in time of possession this year. Like mm. which way? Like fifth is good or fifth is bad? Fifth most. Fifth, fifth best. Like they have like the fifth highest. Uh, that shocks me to, to know. And, that has to be weighted towards the front of the and year. They're actually uh, 12 seconds longer than last year. And last year they finished fifth. So they're actually exactly the no. same. Interesting. I stand corrected. But yeah. I, just watching them, I wouldn't believe that. I I don't blame you for having that take either. They look I don't know honestly I don't know how that's working out right now. Maybe it is weighted differently from the time of the I would year. be curious to see what, what the time of possession was for the first say eight games of the year versus yeah. the, versus the last eight. How about would, last three? Yeah, last three, what is it? Well, it's in uh, the window of the of the of the yeah. shit schedule of their part of their schedule that they had. So yeah. Last three, they are ninth. Kinda, I would guess uh, it doesn't really rank them as well when I sorted that way. They're like they're taught. They're like in the middle of the pack. They're like um, they're a little over a minute worse than they are for the average of the year. They're like thirty minutes twenty seconds. I see for the eagle for the eagle Seahawks game they had. Um, oh Jesus, Jamie! Don't even. They had six more minutes than them in that game, but I feel like six minutes isn't like that much comparatively to probably like earlier. Don't get me in the started season. about the Seahawks game. Please. I know. I true lock, baby. <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up, but I in this purpose of the discussion for the 49ers game, they did have more time of possession against the 49ers, but they were more down in that game. And I feel like the same's probably for the Dallas game. I can't remember if they really have. For anyone who maybe doesn't know, just a fun tidbit for you to just have in your back pocket. 
Uh, that game losing drive that the Eagles gave up against the Seahawks, James Bradbury gave up six catches for 92 yards, and it was every single play on the drive was targeted at James Bradbury, yeah, he and he gave up all of them. Toasted. I remember watching the watching that game live and watching the highlights again. There's just every catch Bradbury's like a step or two behind, and I mean Drew Lock was throwing dimes then, but yeah. He so anyways. Toasted. On that for the Dal- for the Dallas game, it was uh, twenty three minutes to the Eagles, almost thirty seven minutes for oh, the Cowboys. That is way off of their average. You ready? You ready for this one too? And then the Bills game. Yeah, the was, Bills game was really what just did them. I feel like the Bills game was the beginning of it, just being where you could. It was a long tell. game. They were on the field for like ninety some plays. It went into overtime. It was yeah. in the rain. Like it just was a mess. The Bills had forty and a half minutes of possession compared to the Eagles' twenty-seven. Oh my gosh, that is yeah, not good. That, their average that, for their average for the year is thirty-one, thirty-six. I would say five minutes below your average is quite a lot in a game yeah. in a game in which you win. In a game in which you win. So to back to Devontae uh, Smith's point, we got wins, but we ain't playing good football. What I hate is like I'll hear like I've had Cowboys fans t- like say to me like you, you won eleven games like what are you bitching about? Like we we've also won eleven games like it's all good, but it's like it's the, but it's they're not the same. Yeah, yeah. it's the nope. the, na- the nature with which those games are won. It's not the same. Trust me, Jamie. Just- yeah, Steelers you're that, about to say yeah, what about I know, say. I know what you would think. Feels like the yeah. Steelers when they've won the first eleven games in 2020 or 2021, whenever that was. Yeah, they fought. Also, fun tidbit while I'm looking at this time possession. You know who's third in the league in time possession this year? Rams. Jordan. Mm, no idea. Bears. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Cleveland's first. Uh, now, if you would have told me, right, last thing I'll say, because I'm very tired, I got to go, but <laughs> I'm like passing out my seat. But before the season started, the Eagles had the hardest strength of schedule in the NFL. Before the season started, if you would have told me after 15 weeks that they were 11 and four, I would have bought that all day. I don't even care who they lost to. If you tell me they're 11 and four after that schedule. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. And here I am I'm- in week 15, just being like, yeah. <laughs> Context Back matters. the tents up. I'll see you in August because this team is garbage. So I'm almost I'm almost positive if you go back and listen to one of our very first podcasts to start the year, you said thirteen and three, but I think twelve and four wins the division. Did so I? I'm, I think I I'm gonna go back and listen to it, but I think you said something along the lines of that. Well, now that's mathematically now that's not even possible unless Dallas just loses across the board. They have to win the last two games to win the division. Oh, technically, you would have been 13-4, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, four yeah, lo- that's... Three losses versus four losses. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now it makes sense. Like, yeah, 14 yeah. and 3, 13. I'd be we curious. Yeah. Go back and see what we said or what I said. I, I think you said something <laughs> along that lines because, I mean, yeah, it, it was... It was it was a tough schedule from the beginning. I think I I I'm pretty sure I said fourteen and three. I would okay. sure hope fourteen and three wins a division. I mean, I we all knew Dallas was going to be good. So. Yeah. Wait, does that even that math doesn't math? 
It was a 17 yeah. game season, right? Yeah. yeah. 14 to 3. Okay. Yeah. 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 It maths. It, yeah, it, it does math. All right. It just making math. sure. That's a good note to end on. <laughs> yep. Grown guys doing math. All right. Um, We're wrapping up. Max, thank you for joining. Thank you, Max. Absolutely. Always good to have you on. Um, Hopefully, we'll have a Champions podcast where we'll have the champion on. Uh, We'll see who it is. Could be Aaron. Could be Kyle. Uh, We'll see how this week goes. Tomorrow night, big game. A lot going on. We got to see what is going on, you know? So, (laughs) love the hand motions. Yeah. But, all right. uh, We're going to cut this. I'm going to send it to Seth. We'll get it posted hopefully tomorrow. So, <laughs> thank you, Max. Thank yeah, you, Max. Nice Jamie, all love as always. We'll see you. Peace.